The Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 92, Doctor Strange vs. Dracula, featuring Doctor Strange, Issues 58 through 62. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about comic books. And this is another one like my Ghost Rider episode that kind of ties into my other podcasting endeavor, which uh, is Welcome to Level 7. And in this case, it ties into that for a couple different reasons, one of them being it's Doctor Strange. And we have the Doctor Strange movie coming out very, very soon. This also ties into the season of time that we are in right now as I record and as I release this episode. However, most people will probably not listen to it on the designated day. This will be released Halloween 2016 and, well, what more appropriate way to, I don't know if celebrate is quite the right word, but... You know, we've got Doctor Strange because he has a movie coming out. We've got the, the Halloween, so let's do something scary, right? And so we have Doctor Strange versus Doctor Acula. Oh, wait, there's no period there. It's just Dracula. Although, I wonder if anyone has done, I'm sure it's been done, Doctor Acula. Doctor Acula. I'm, I'm positive that's been done. I think myself so clever and yet at the same time know myself not to be so much sometimes. And this is one of those times where I think myself to be clever and I'm not. But... Anyway, uh, yeah, this Doctor Strange versus Dracula, I have a graphic novel and I thought, hey, it's Halloween. I want to do something about a scary comic and maybe this won't be scary, but that doesn't matter because it does have Dracula. And so there's there's significance there. And I have to say uh, the Tomb of Dracula is one of my favorite comic book series of all time. It is an amazing, amazing series. And in fact, if I wasn't doing the Star Wars uh, month by month thing that I'm doing, I would consider doing a Marvel horror month by month with Tomb of Dracula, um, and uh, Frankenstein and and Man Thing and you know some of those other things. But I'm doing the Star Wars thing, and I don't have time to do another massive massive project like that. However, I can do something a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter, like perhaps maybe Doctor Strange number fifty eight through sixty two. Now Doctor Strange and Dracula have met before. They met in the pages of Tomb of Dracula where they had a crossover, one issue of Tomb of Dracula, one issue of Doctor Strange. That's the way to do a crossover, by the way. You take two titles that are similar and that if one person is out there reading just one of those titles and then you do the crossover with this other title, you do it with a title that would interest them and make them be interested in it. And Doctor Strange and Dracula, that just they seem to make a really, really strong crossover duo that really came out awkwardly. But you get the idea, I hope. Anyway, uh, this this whole thing, though, just the two issues, they, they fight, they do their thing, and then they move on. And it's... It's a good thing. It's it's in the middle of a good series. I don't know what was going on with Doctor Strange at the time, but uh, it comes in early 
uh, with Doctor Strange's own title. With Tomb of Dracula, it's issue 44, and then Doctor Strange issue 14. And there have been other times when they've met. I'm not sure where in the context of their history. Um, if there was other times they met between that team up or not team up, that crossover battle <laughs> and this one that we're going to talk about in this episode. But, um, I have a graphic novel that has those two in it, the Tomb of Dracula and the Dr. Strange issues. And then it has this series that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, the Montessi formula, also known as Dr. Strange versus Dracula. And you know what? Here's the other way this ties into Welcome to Level 7. Uh, the Darkhold is the MacGuffin, one of the MacGuffins in the current season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV. And the Darkhold, according to the back of the book, has something to do with the conflict that Doctor Strange and Dracula are going to have in this graphic novel. Now, here's the deal. I haven't read this yet. I have never read this before. And so I have issues 58 through 62 that I'll be reading from this graphic novel. I mean, I mean, I'll be reading from the comics I picked up when I went back in time. Yeah, yeah, that's it, because it's the comic book time machine. Um, anyway, I'll be reading those issues. And when I read those issues, um, I'll be reading them for the first time. And then I will um, comment on them here. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause and then read and then come back and discuss it a little bit, and then pause and read the next issue and come back and discuss it, and so on and so on. Now, bef before I get started, um, I am I did have to go back in time. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Actually, you know, we live in a, a world where we can, we have, we have literature time machines at our desks and on our shelves, and this is, a, you know... I have the collected edition, and this is my time machine. It took me back in time to 1983. The cover date on issue number 58 is April of 1983, and the on-sale date is January of 1983. Uh, it goes on then uh, through uh, through June, August, uh, October, <laughs> December. Uh, but the final part of this, number 62, is uh, went on sale August of 1983. All of these issues were 60-cent issues, which is amazing. What an amazing deal. And they all had 32 pages in the comic, but about 22 pages of story. They were also all written by Roger Stern and penciled by Daniel Green and inked by Terry Austin until I think it was issue number 61 to make sure I'm going to check, but issue number 61, yeah, had a different inker, Rick, excuse me, Rick Magyar, and then issue number 62, uh, this was a real treat to see, artist was Steve Lealoha. Now, here's the thing about Steve Lealoha. He did some Star Wars stuff, which that was fun, and I liked him on Star Wars, but he also did work on uh, Howard the Duck, and he did some work on uh, Ghost Rider, and you know, so he he's done a lot of of different things. But he did he penciled one issue of this series, and that was fun for me to see his name. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pause the recording and read issue number fifty eight, and I'll come back and we'll talk about issue number fifty eight, and go on from there. So issue 58, <laughs> I'm uh, not convinced we're off to a great start here. Um, although there, the 
end of the well i'll just get into it the, the title of this issue is at loose ends and i have a feeling that that's what this issue is basically doing is tying up a whole bunch of loose ends for example it starts out i don't know the context i just know that there's a guy named the aged genghis who is floating in uh something like the lotus position uh in a room in a cave with a bunch of scrolls and some fires and uh, there's a guy feeding him an alkalite and <laughs> Dr. Strange in astral form comes and visits this guy and says, hey, uh, basically, hey, have you been sending disciples my way? And the aged Genghis says, uh, no, I don't I don't use disciples anymore and you shouldn't either. They're a pain. And and Dr. Strange says, well, I, I don't want to. And he says, that's good. You know, but I'm asking you, have you been sending them to me? No, I've been sending them to someone named Dr. Strange. And so it's kind of a funny little exchange. And actually, the, the age of Genghis has a very uh, – he, he's an interesting character, and it would be fun to see more from him. His dialogue is fun. But I have no idea what's going on here other than they say uh, last issue there were a parade of would-be mystics at Dr. Strange's door sent there by this – balding um aging mystic and so once he has things figured out with him he says I, I won't send any more people your way so he leaves so that's about three three or four pages he returns home and then he talks to some gypsy gypsy women who um he has helped and who are now staying in his house and he sends them on their way to go back home and then he talks a little bit about uh about the money with uh, Sarah Wolf, who seems like she's some sort of personal assistant for Dr. Strange. And she says, you know, you were going to spend money to, to send them uh, back in first class to Europe. And, but one of them's a flight attendant, so they didn't need your money, but you're going to do it if you, if you needed it. And he says, well, what of it? And then he goes and opens up uh, the case that holds the orb of Agamotto and he looks around all the universes to see if anything's going on that needs his attention. And he's tempted to look into the dark dimension where Clea is. And then we get this whole, like, it's just flashbacks, or not really flashbacks, but it's kind of explaining what the dark dimension is and explaining what's in the dark dimension. And then we see Clea, who is his love. And, you know, I th I believe I've read the issue, I think, where uh, they finished some sort of battle in the dark dimension and Clea stays there with her people. And then um, they cut from Clea talking to some of the people who are part of a rebellion over to um, this other woman who I, I don't know who it is. Um, I can't remember her name and I can't find it now, but anyway, uh, all this stuff was happening. I think in issue 51 is what it says here. And it's just a whole bunch of backstory stuff. And once the backstory stuff is done, I mean, we're on page 12 now. And it's just all these, you know, moments of him uh, dealing with all these backstory things. And then we get a whole page where he's talking to himself about this someone out there who he has never met but knows exists and who has been trying to get him. And, and it says that's all circa 33 through 37 where this thing was sending people, other people, his way, uh, minions to come. And he's defeated all the minions, but this powerful thing is out there. Basically, I think Roger Stern is spending a page here to say, hey, remember issues 33 through 37? You're going to want to remember that because pretty soon I'm going to bring that up again. Uh, then his manservant, Wong, comes in, and Wong and Doctor Strange uh, practice their martial arts for an hour. 
And Sarah Wolf interrupts the martial arts thing, and she's impressed with how good they both are, especially Wong calls him a regular Jackie Chan, which in 1983, I mean, I know Jackie Chan has been doing movies for a long time, but um, this this is 1983. That's before he was a, a household name. So anyway, she comes in and talks to Dr. Strange, and we get more backstory about this guy named Douglas Royce, who was was killed or something and dr strange helped her with it and uh i think that's maybe how she met him and got to start working for him to do his financials we are now on page 16 and we're kind of into the plot which is that there is a meeting to go through doc uh through uh this royce guy's um estate and the meeting has to take place after dark for the comfort of those involved which seems kind of fishy. And she's wondering if uh, Dr. Strange will go with her to this appointment that's after dark. And he agrees to, but first he has to break a date. So now we get some more subplots where he's breaking a date with, um, well, her, her name is Morgana, which sounds like a kind of magical name to me, but she, uh, after breaking the date, uh, she doesn't get upset with him. She's just thinking, you know, I wonder if, uh, he would get these kind of, if you break dates so much, if he was still in medical practice, but his magic takes him away. And I'm thinking she's, she's some sort of magic person too, but no, she says it's so unreal to think that I socialize with an actual sorcerer. The forces he deals with are so powerful, whatever it is out there waiting for him. I hope he can handle it. Okay. So now we are on page 17 of a 22 page story. And I, we have only gl just, grazed the plot but <laughs> we finally get to this place where she is coming because this guy has called her and dr strange is really really suspicious and it turns out he has reason to be because he realizes there's some something dark going on here and he shines his own light on it using his uh, amulet and put puts a protective spell over sarah and then starts fighting this this guy who he, he's got glasses and he's wearing a vest and he's wearing a tie. I mean, he's he's some sort of professional. But through the fight, Dr. Strange realizes that this guy is a vampire and he is trying not to use his vampire power. He just uses it to escape from a, a magical trap and turns into a mist. So he gets away from Dr. Strange for a moment. And then we find out who he is. Now, this whole time I'm reading this issue, I'm wondering, hey, did I make a mistake? <laughs> because... This is just here, there, and everywhere, and no sign of Dracula. No sign at all of Dracula. But then we find out who this guy is. This guy is Hannibal King, a private detective, and he's a vampire. And he's got a problem, and he needs help, and actually he wants help from Sarah Wolf, but he could also definitely use help from Doctor Strange, because... He's in a crazy mess and it deals with a guy named Dracula. So here's the interesting thing, though. Uh, Hannibal King is from Tomb of Dracula. And the, I don't remember him becoming a vampire in Tomb of Dracula. Now, it's been it's been a number of years since I've read the entire series. I'd like to reread it, as I said before, but um, probably won't be doing it for any kind of podcast thing because producing podcasts is time consuming. But in this case... I'm hoping they give me a flashback because I don't remember him being a vampire. And I, um, 
this is interesting to me. He was a part of a team that was kind of going up against Dracula and to have him come here. He's a vampire himself and he's asking for help with a uh, maybe you've heard of him, a gent name of Dracula. The way he says that is kind of neat, uh, but he gets he gets me into this. He gets me into the story and I'm hoping, OK, have we taken care of all the loose ends? Because if we have not taken care of all the loose ends, I'm not. I'm probably not going to enjoy this as much as I thought I would, but we still have four more issues. And if this is just the lead up, the loose ends, and then the let's get you interested in what's coming next. We, we've we've covered all the loose ends of what's gone before. And now here you're going to want to read what happens next. Well, yes, I do want to read what happens next. So this is one of those things where, you know, every comic is someone's first. This one, uh, they if they can get through to the end, I think they'll be drawn in enough to want to read the next one. Uh, but <laughs> I really, man, uh, it was a little bit of a slog and a lot of confusion. So I'm going to pause recording here and I'm going to read issue number 59. I'll be back in just a moment. Okay, so first things first, uh, Children of the Night is the name of this issue. And the question I'm asking is, is this going to draw me in <laughs> based on the intrigue that they had at the end of the issue? And it did at first. But then this issue was, again, over half of it was, was flashbacks. It was backstory and it was stuff you need to know in order to understand what's coming, I guess. But um, there was... Uh, references back to Doctor Strange number 14 because, you know, Hannibal King, he he feels like Dracula's out there somewhere. And Doctor Strange says that can't be possible because I I thought I killed him. And but then, no, he you didn't kill him. And then we get flashbacks to Tomb of Dracula number 70, where um, the Van Helsing team thought that they had killed him or Harker, I guess not Van Helsing. Uh, well, I, I think Van Helsing was a part of that, too. But anyway, the good guys won in in Tomb of Dracula number 70, basically. And then Doctor Strange has this uh, missing memory from <laughs> Defenders number 95, where he fought Dracula again. But Mephisto must have made him forget that Dracula was alive. And if that's so, then Dracula must be alive now. And then we cut over to Chicago, where there's this cult that is worshiping Dracula, and they are trying to find uh, the dark hole for Dracula while Dracula goes out to feed and they, they do their, they're doing this chant and stuff and they're bringing to life these um, two, uh, I, I guess, Native American people, uh, brother and sister that are the children of the night. And these two people turn into birds and fly away. But <laughs> We get more flashbacks, you know, so we actually had something happening for a moment there, but then we get more flashbacks into Hannibal King's backstory and how he is related or not related, but how he is tied into the whole Douglas Royce thing. Doug Royce and him were around for these cattle mutilations and uh, Royce was an expert in uh, native uh, First Nation lore and Turns out that the cattle mutilations were being done by these uh, these children of the night that are working for the Dracula cult. And they were killed by uh, by Hannibal King and Doug Royce. 
but <laughs> they came back and were fighting Doctor Strange in another flashback. And and then they come. And so then now we're on page 13 of a 22 page story and we've had flashback, 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 backstory, 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 backstory. That's not a terrible thing. Um, when we come back and out of the flashbacks, we have the children of the night come and attack uh, Doctor Strange and Hannibal and Sarah in the place where they met Hannibal King. And now we get a big fight scene. And so, you know, I don't mind big fight scenes, but I don't want only big fight scenes. I want there to be stakes. And so as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, good grief. Okay, so Doctor Strange takes him into another dimension, and Doctor Strange is fighting both of them, and he's not, you know, he's he shouldn't fight them alone because there's two of them, one of him, that sort of thing. But Hannibal King, he has this nice little character beat here where he says, uh, two to one is lousy odds, Doc. I ought to be giving you a hand, so why don't I? I can turn into a big bloody bat and tear right into these creeps. Yeah, I can play the vampire to the hilt. And all it would cost me is a little more of my soul. Nice character beat. And then we go back to Doctor Strange doing his fighting and his fighting. And then Hannibal King does it. He turns into a bat and he joins the fight. And he he's about to give in then to his base nature to attack and destroy and kill uh, but Dr. Strange says, no, don't. And Hannibal says, no, don't worry. I'm not going to kill them because they're going to tell us where Dracula is and, and they're going to give us all the answers. And they then say, well, no, we can't give you any answers because we, the dark hold will cause us to cease to exist. And we deserve, we derive our power from the dark hold in such a way that if one of us even begins to speak in a way which would endanger the master plan, then both of us would forfeit our very existence in this way. Shall the great one triumph all who oppose him are doomed, doomed hail. And they disappear. Why? Because they were getting ready to speak. (laughs) So Dr. Strange and Hannibal King in bat form return back to Sarah Wolf. And they need to go to the Sanctum Sanctorium to plan their next move. And meanwhile, the cultists in Chicago are going their own separate ways. The world sleeps and there's gathering darkness. And uh, then we get next issue. Can even the combined might of Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch prevent Dracula from gaining control of the Darkhold? Find out in Assault on Avengers Mansion. So here's what works for me now so the last time what worked for me is we have flashback 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 but just enough of a mystery just enough of intrigue to find out what's going on i want to know and this time around we had personal stakes and i was so i i like it i liked it when the battle just twisted from here's a a standard battle between dr strange and some minions and it turns to a thing where uh hannibal king has personal stakes in it and he makes a choice and he that's just that's what puts it above for me is that the battle included something and especially that was his choice like he had to decide what he was going to do and he decides you know i'm going to do the vampire thing even though you know he buys his blood he doesn't he doesn't attack um unwitting victims the way dracula would he goes he and he hasn't had a victim ever you know i'm not sure if it's human blood or what i think it's human blood but Uh, This is, you know, he's a vampire who is trying his hardest not to be a vampire. Well, then he decides I'm going to do it because if I don't, Dr. Strange will fall. And Dr. Strange gives him kind of an ominous encouragement. You will need your power in the things that are yet to come because more 
is coming, and Sarah Wolf is not too happy about that. Uh, I don't think she expected to be brought into quite this situation. So, you know, I haven't talked about the covers. Uh, the covers really don't do anything for me. They're kind of abstract, and the cover for this one had has a bird creature's head and another bird woman. Uh, it's a woman's body, bird head and wings, and then Doctor Strange doing magic-y stuff. Uh, honestly, I am not all that intrigued by these covers, but these two issues, we can overcome all the flashbacks if we can just pay off the intrigue that I got from the first issue and now the personal stakes that we have here in issue 59. And so I'm hoping issue 60 is going to continue that for me. But we will find out after this brief pause, brief for you, the listener, but long for me. Uh, but hey, it really is like a time machine, isn't it? So I'm going to stop briefly, hop back in time, and then be back in just a moment. And in, in just that split second, I'll have read the comic. Okay, so I've just finished issue number 60, and I have to say this is more the kind of thing I was looking forward to or expecting. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, Avengers. Um, I guess I should have. I mean, on the back of the book itself, it said guest starring Scarlet Witch and Monica, uh, or they call her they call her Next Waves Monica, but she's Captain Marvel here. And this is the Captain Marvel that I, I had... Uh, issue of a comic book that I think was put out just for the purpose of retaining the Captain Marvel trademark, but it was this Captain Marvel, and I like her a lot every time I see her. Uh, and so it was kind of fun. Now the cover has um, Monica, Captain Marvel, holding Doctor Strange on the floor. Doctor uh, Dracula is coming through a, a door in the background, and then there is also uh, Scarlet Witch, and so we've got all of our players in place on the cover. And the issue itself <laughs> is the, the Darkholder cult has been recruiting street gang members uh, and putting them into some sort of trance and bringing them under the master's power. That's Dracula's power and getting ready for some sort of uh, big deal thing that's going to happen and dr strange is also getting ready for that big deal thing that's about to happen dr strange visits uh scarlet witch in her home in new jersey i probably where she lives with vision um i haven't finished the the vision scarlet witch uh miniseries but um they they wanted a suburban life and so that's what was going on. I think that's what's happening here. Uh, she has a background with the dark hold. Apparently on an Avengers adventure, she had the dark hold. It possessed her. She became evil and it took all the Avengers and all of their might to save her from the effects of the dark hold. And so he comes to her asking for information about it. And she basically says, you don't want it, but it's in the Avengers mansion. And the, the dark holders also know this. Now they don't know anything about what is in the Avengers mansion other than information. They are able to get from one of the members of advanced idea mechanics who is under their thrall. And he tells them, you know, we know that there's a couple floors underneath and we know that, the, that there's a, a submarine entrance in the river and that's how you can get in. 
And so meanwhile, Dr. Strange in his astral form, that's how he visited Scarlet Witch, by the way, uh, he has gone down into the Avengers mansion, down into the lower levels and found the dark hole and looked at it himself in his astral form. And he says, by the Vishante, no, these words reveal it is unspeakable. So apparently it is really bad that Dracula wants this. Of course, if Dracula wants something really bad, that means it is really bad anyway. So Dr. Strange returns to his Sanctum Sanctorum and he gets Hannibal King and says, we're going to go, we're going to go to the Avengers mansion as quickly as we can. They get there and the Avengers mansion is being overrun by cultists and mind controlled, um, street gang minion type people. And they're pushing their way through all the Avengers defenses and there's rats that are going in and, and it's just a huge, big assault on the mansion. As I believe we were promised, if I check here, Yes, indeed. Assault on Avengers Mansion. That's what we were promised. And this issue is indeed entitled Assault on Avengers Mansion. Well, it's happening just as they said. And the only people in the mansion are Jar Jarvis and Captain Marvel. And so they take care of people who have made their way inside while Doctor Strange and Hannibal King take people take care of the people who are on the outside. And it's big fight. And it's it's kind of like a zombie horde, really. That's what it's reminding me of, is just this zombie horde of people trying to crowd into the Avengers mansion. But what they realize is that Dracula is not with them. And what they don't know is Dracula has gone in through the submarine entrance, and he has his massive power, uh, strength to open the doors. And Scarlet Witch gets there just in time to help them take care of all the people outside. But now they have to take care of Dracula on the inside. And there's one panel that I have to say is an awesome panel that reminds me of the, um, the Wolverine panel where he has infiltrated the hellfire club through the sewers and he's underneath and he's got his claws and he's kind of looking up and saying, the way they get a load of me kind of thing. I don't remember exact quote, but, um, Dr. Strange then has to put into motion a plan because they can't let Dracula get the dark hold. So three Dr. Stranges surround Dracula, which it's no surprise to anyone to find out that it's actually Hannibal, Captain Marvel, and and Scarlet Witch. But Doctor Strange himself goes to the locked room, locked, you know, sub-level, I guess, that has the Darkhold, and he's trying to destroy it, trying and trying and trying. He can't. And Dracula finally gets in there, and just as he does, it looks like he has destroyed it, and Dracula fights Doctor Strange, he's about to strike him down, but Captain Marvel come and comes and her powers are light based. And so she's able to stop him. And Scarlet Witch comes and she tells him, you know, the Avengers are coming. If you stay here and fight us, even if you kill us, the Avengers are coming and they're going to they're not going to stop until your evil is destroyed. And so Dracula himself gets transported away by the Darkhold cult. Well, we find out in the last page that the Darkhold was not destroyed. He Dr. Strange merely transported it to a place, a place where no one would look because it's surrounded by evil. It's the empty castle of his departed foe in Transylvania, Baron Mordo. And so now they have to go there. And next issue says the origin of vampirism is revealed in the in power be the prize. And I have to say, this is nice. This is all about the MacGuffin. This is about trying to get the MacGuffin, doing everything they can to stop people from getting the MacGuffin, tricking people about the MacGuffin. Uh, there's 
tricks on Dracula's part. There's tricks on Doctor Strange's part. And, you know, they instead of destroying the MacGuffin, they just transport it. And so it's basically he has it in hand. The bad guy's about to get it. It gets moved. It gets shifted. It goes from hands to hands. And yeah, this is this is plot stuff moving it all along. And so so far, yeah, we've had some good character stuff. We've had some good plot stuff. We have two more issue issues. And I'm really curious where this is going to go. Um as Dracula is trying to get the Darkhold and do his nefarious deeds. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to right now find out what is going to happen next. I'm going to pause the recording. And for me, it'll be actually about 13 hours. Uh, for you, it'll be about 1.3 seconds. So, But I'll be back after I have read issue number... Rats, I already lost track. Issue number 61. Is that where we're at now? It is. Issue number 61. All right, true believers. So I am back with the penultimate chapter of Dracula versus Doctor Strange, otherwise known as the Montessi formula. And in this issue, we find out what the Montessi formula actually is. We also get the origin of vampires in general in the Marvel Universe, that is. And so the story starts off and, and it's kind of an interesting beginning. Um, there's some Darkhold cultists watching uh they're, they're basically they're staking out dr strange's place uh they've got cameras on it and whenever someone comes out of dr strange's sanctum sanctorum they use this little gem crystal thing to see if there's a magical being and sure enough dr strange comes out he's got magic so they send someone after him to follow him and then another dr strange comes out and they send someone else after him and meanwhile there's a guy in plain sight, it's this bum, and he stinks. And basically, I mean, you know who it is. I know who it is. It's Doctor Strange hiding in plain sight. Speaking of planes, though, the other two are on their way, and one of them it turns out to be Sarah Wolf, and the other one turns out to be Morgana Blessing. That's her last name. I was trying to find that uh, before, and I don't know if they gave it in that first issue, but she, they, they are both uh, have a spell, and that's why they registered as being a magical being. And they both look like Doctor Strange. And in fact, uh, Morgana actually got on a plane and some of the people followed her on the plane. But <clears throat> Doctor Strange himself goes and knocks out the two stakeout guys. And it's kind of funny because it's, you know, they're cultists and stuff, but it's just this mundane. They're, they've rented a room across the street from the Sanctum Sanctorum. And they've got the video camera and a television monitor. And, you know, they're zooming in and they're talking about how the camera can zoom in and stuff like that. And it's kind of funny because it's so mundane. But then when you think about it, that's what, you know, the cultists are just people. They're regular people who just happen to, um, as one of their, I guess, hobbies, they dress up in green robes and, and perform magical uh, rituals and stuff like that. So Dr. Strange, meanwhile, goes to um, to the uh, it's uh, in a rundown neighborhood. There's this import export thing and he goes in and um, Wong is already there and he is there with uh, let's see. Their names are Frank Drake, who is a descendant of Dracula. And if I remember correctly, was also a, a supporting cast in Tomb of Dracula and Blade <laughs> Blade is there. And so, and Blade, of course, um, he was a big part of Tomb of Dracula as as well. And so they get on a Concord jet to send them back over to Transylvania because that's where he sent the Darkhold. 
And here's what they're thinking. <laughs> I love it. Basically, uh, they're all thinking expositionally at the same time. Frank Drake says, if only Rachel and I hadn't broken up, I might have been able to save her from Dracula. See X-Men Annual number six. If only. Sometimes I think that's the theme of my life. Blade is thinking, been nearly 30 years since a vampire killed my mama. Seems like I've been trying to pay him back for most of my life. What happens when the last vampire is gone? Doctor Strange is thinking, I'm sure that Dracula has more minions than just those who were after me. If his men should find the dark hole before we recover it, dash, dash. Wong is thinking, it is well that Sarah will be in San Francisco and away from the danger. And Hannibal King is thinking, we had to wait for this evening flight on account of my weakness to sunlight. I hope I haven't delayed us too much. Meanwhile, Dracula is in this old desecrated church and he's standing in the sun and earlier they had talked about how he was growing a beard and Hannibal King says no vampires we don't we don't grow beards um because we're dead or something like that but he's growing a beard and I think this is why he why they brought up the the note anyway earlier uh he's standing in the sun and the dark hold cult has been using spells from their dark hold fragments uh, to give him more and more power, but they're under his thrall and which we knew, or I knew that they were working for him, but now it turns out they're not just working for him. They are in his thrall. They can't help but work for him. And he says, it's ironic that you are my slaves because not long ago, well, I guess a long time ago, vampires were your slaves and so here is the origin of vampires and the origin of the dark hold. In that pre-cataclysmic age, before their great continent fell beneath the ocean's waves, a small circle of Atlantean mystics discovered the indestructible parchments which have been left on the earth by the demon Cthon. Or Cthun, Cthon, I don't know, Chathon. It's spelled C-H-T-H-O-N. It's meant to be some sort of, I think, reference to Cthulhu. Cthulhu. The, those mystics gathered the parchments together on the scroll that became known as the Darkhold, the Book of Sins. They were the first Darkholders, and oh, what power they wielded. They would have ruled the world had they not made one tragic error. Using the Darkhold, they created a spell which caused their fallen enemies to walk the earth again as undead vampires. The Darkholders rather fancied using their undead foes as soldier servants to enforce their plans of conquest. But the spell had made the vampires more powerful than was planned. They eventually turned upon the Darkholders and slew them before partaking of their blood. Thus did the first Darkholders die out while the first vampires left the doomed continent of Atlantis. Now, what makes this different? from other exposition and other flashbacks. This is totally new stuff. This is new stuff that we need to know in order for this story to move forward. That's what makes this different. And yeah, you could say, oh, it's just a whole page of just words, words, words. We had more and more earlier, and it was less and less important. This is important stuff for the Marvel Universe, not let alone this story. Dracula continues, ever since that time, the Earth has been has known the touch of vampirism. As for the dark hole that was lost and found countless times, in the 6th century AD, the parchments were bound into a book by the sorceress Morgan Le Fay. From this book were copies made, inferior copies which survive to this day only in fragmentary form. Such fragments were found by you and I. And so he is making them, he's holding them in thrall, but making them, forcing them to use their magic powers to give him more power. But then... 
he finds out that those two guys that they left behind <laughs> doing the stakeout are unconscious now. And he realizes Doctor Strange has escaped. And so he sends out a psychic uh, message to every single person on the Earth who considers Dracula their master and looking for any trace of where Doctor Strange could be at this time now that he's escaped. Doctor Strange, meanwhile, they're going to uh, Mordo's castle and they drive through uh, with a truck. They break down the door. Uh, then these uh, these knights come to life. Uh, the armor, the suits of armor come to life. And it turns out that the Darkhold itself is just reacting instinctively to keep them out of or away from the book. And so they have to do a little bit of fighting and Dr. Strange moves on ahead and finds the book and he's able to subdue the book, which is great. Uh, this is, this is fun stuff here. And then we find out that Dracula has been making his way back to Transylvania. First, he has uh, mesmerized a, um, an air force pilot and the flown over to Europe and then he takes over the pilots of a passenger jet from Russia and causes it to crash and walks out of the crash. And he is upset because Dr. Strange had the gall to put this book so close to Dracula's home. So what's going to happen next? Well, it's the big showdown. But this issue is what I was hoping for. This is the kind of stuff I was hoping for. And just, you know, some sort of. Uh, I, I don't know, battle of wits between Doctor Strange and Dracula. And so now we'll have the the final showdown in the next issue. And yeah, so this this one, this picks up the pace. This gets things going. We're off to a slow start, but the story itself, we're, I'm happy with where it's going. We'll see. Is this going to end well? Well, I do know something of how this story ends. I know where the story is going, but I don't know how it's going to get there. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. So here I am to talk about the last segment of the Montesi formula, Dr. Strange versus Dracula. And man, I just wish this stuff would have started earlier. But yeah, most of these issues have been built up to this moment. And what do you have? Well, you have Doctor Strange and his team, Hannibal and Blade and uh, Drake and Wong, all getting ready for the final battle with Dracula. Doctor Strange is going to use the Darkhold to create a spell that's going to destroy Dracula. Because if you say this within the you know, close proximity to a vampire, it will destroy the vampire. But Doctor Strange isn't any ordinary guy. And so when he does it, it's going to destroy vampires the world over. And that's what I came into this story knowing is that this was going to be the destruction of Dracula. Uh, he does come back later. I don't know how, I don't know why I haven't read any of that, but the bottom line is that's what this is building up to. But what makes this interesting to me is you have Hannibal who is a vampire who will be destroyed if this works. And that's the kind of the emotional um, journey, I guess that I'm latching onto is just him deciding to give in, to do the vampire thing to help Dr. Strange, but he's never drank blood. But by going through with this and helping Dr. Strange, he's going through with his own death ward basically. And Blade has a problem with that. 
um, but they're gonna they're gonna go for it and and so you get some fighting and you get it, but it's all it's not just all fighting it's it's fighting with a purpose where um, Doctor Strange takes Drac- Dracula into the the other dimension why because Dracula is too powerful to hold in one place while they do the spell but if you can hold him in one place by taking him to this other d- dimension to the astral pr- uh, dimension where so their bodies are on Earth but their astral forms are are not. That's where you get this this battle that works. And for me, what resounds with me about the story is the stuff with Hannibal where he's trying not to be what he is. And you have Dracula. That's the other cool thing is Dracula. He is becoming more and more powerful, but he is causing his own undoing. If he had not gone after the Darkhold, it wouldn't have. Well, they 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 wouldn't have gone after it themselves if he had not gone after it in the first place. But he has become more powerful because of you know, the, the spells of the, the Darkhold cult, but he wants this thing. He wants ultimate power. And, and that's what stories like this are about is, you know, being, being possessed, I guess, by power. And Dr. Strange has to fight against that. They could have done more with Dr. Strange fighting against the power of the Darkhold, but they, they really don't do much about it. Just he, he has to hide it after using it because he doesn't want to get pulled into it more than he already has been. But overall, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's a, it's a good Dracula story. Um, it's a, it's a good Dr. Strange story. Uh, once you get past all those subplots and stuff in the loose ends issue, that first issue, once that's all gone and done and you're not worrying about that and you're just worrying about this single story, it, it, it moves along and, and I, I like the episodic nature of it, but then I also I like where it took me. So I'm glad I read it, and I was glad to see some of the origins of the Darkhold in the Marvel Universe, which I uh, hadn't known much about, and to see you know the, the origins of vampirism in one issue, and in the very next issue, all the vampires are gone. Now, what happens to Hannibal? I'm going to let you read that. You can find out what happens to him. Um... There was a couple satisfying moments, though, where at the end you just see these different vampires in different places and they just go. And the one is Lilith, who is Dracula's daughter. And she realizes what's about to happen and she smiles because it means her father has been destroyed as well. So is it scary? No, no, not really. Uh, But comics to me rarely are scary. Uh, The only time I really get scared by a comic is when it's really that humans doing things that uh, you know against other humans and it's real world horror in comics that really has that's that's the way a comic can scare me this no not scary not scary at all but interesting and fun and you know it doesn't make me want to rush out and read a lot more about um doctor strange but it does make me want to pull out my tomb of dracula essentials so that said, I want to thank everyone for listening and I uh, hope you had fun taking this little trip back in time to read some Doctor Strange. But if you want to take a trip back in time and hear some more horror, uh, there is a new podcast and it should be dropping the same day this episode dropped uh, with their first episode called It's Midnight, the Podcasting Hour. And I'm actually going to be a semi semi-sweet regular 
um, host with that. But I'll be uh, joining Ryan Daly on his podcast. It's Midnight, the podcasting hour to talk about Swamp Thing stories, which is very, very fun. And we just recently um, recorded the episode about House of Secrets number 92, the very, very first Swamp Thing story before he even had a regular series and before they even planned to have any kind of regular series. They were just going to be this one short story in a horror anthology comic book, the the house of secrets. So that's, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, so yeah, Ryan Daly, he is the podcaster who is doing the midnight podcasting over at it's midnight, the podcasting hour. And I'm just one of those guys who gets to jump in and have fun talking about comics with him. So I'm going to play a promo, the, the promo for it's midnight, the podcasting hour. I'm going to play that after, uh, the, end credit sounder thingy because it's not really credits it's just music kind of music anyway check out the podcast and thank you for listening and until next time godspeed It's your friend, PJ Frightful. That's PJ, as in podcast jockey. And I'm dropping dreadful new episodes every two weeks. When the clock strikes midnight, the podcasting hour shines a candle on the dark corners of DC Comics. Those supernatural sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The podcasting hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware.